Welcome to Die Hard Minute, the podcast where Movies by Minutes hosts appreciate the 1988 Christmas classic Die Hard, one lousy minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Sean German, from Groundhog Minute, the Groundhog Day podcast coming soon. And I'm your other host, Dave Pounds, from Five Minutes of Mystery, and uh, I'm looking forward to this Minute 80. Yeah, so we're here for Minute 80 of the movie Die Hard, and this is nice. There's some there's some ups, there's some downs, some good guys, some bad guys, and we start with a touching, touching moment between Carl and John, and we get a little I love you, which is always nice. Little little bro, the, the budding bromance continues between these two officers of the law, and you know what? Carl is, he's a sharer, he's a talker, he's an emotional guy, he's an emotional cop. And he doesn't mind to be the first one to say it in a relationship, to say, I love you. Wait, wait, wait sh- sh- keep, keep the mic going. Just keep the mic. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, man, that was a close one. Hey, Sean, yeah. you want one? Oh, absolutely. Pass them over. Yeah, I took him off that guard. He got too close. I took him out with my pie server. Yeah. <laughs> intense. Hey, where were we in the minute? Sorry. Yeah, thankfully, this is the last minute we need to do this week because uh, security is closing. And I don't know how much longer we can we can stay hiding out in this uh, in the Fox building here. But so we're going to finish out the week with minute 80 and a little heart to heart between Carl and John. And he's saying, you know, hang in there. And John comes back with a thanks partner. So kind of continue on the, the Western front. <laughs> yeah. There's so many cowboy themes and there's going to be more in this, in this movie later. But uh, I mean, we talked about already the unappreciated line because he's right to feel that he's given him information. He's trying to save lives. And, and, and I think what Al does say is the other, the other, when he says that line, so do a lot of the other guys. It's not just that. I think he's, He's saying to him that there's a lot of cops that do believe me mm-hmm. when I when I hint that you may be a police officer. Like that theory of Al's, I think, has got around to a lot of the on the ground level cops. So I think that's what he's trying to say is, you know, you hang in there and stuff. And, you know, I love you. So the other guys there, I think he does. There's other co- there's other guys who they do believe you, man. They believe that you're a good guy. You're a cop. And you're 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 doing the best to try and protect people. So it's it's not just Dwayne out here yelling at people. Yeah, and Carl understands. You know, he's he's on the street. He's on the beat. He he understands that perspective. That it's got to be really important for this kind of job to 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 feel like you've got the backing that there are people behind you. You're not out. Whether you're, you know, whether you're just walking the street or you're trapped in a building with with terrorists. That you know, you're not alone. You got the backing of of your, your fellow police. And, you know, you, he certainly, McLean's certainly not getting into that from, from Dwayne. So, yeah. so Carl makes sure he, he feels the love. Um, yeah. And I, but I, I mean, I kind of wonder, I guess like word would kind of spread like, Hey, this one guy, Hey, Carl's got, you know, he's got a guy on the radio who's on the inside. Um, yeah, yeah. I think because we we find out later in, in the movie that Al, you know, he he's a he's a desk sergeant, so he he took that he took that car he took that car to probably just drive home 
to deliver some some donuts to his wife and then probably head back or or something like maybe he's going to drive the car home and then take it back to him the next morning. So so I think he's like, you know, he's an administrating sergeant. So probably a lot of cops talk to him and see him around the break rooms and and the offices getting paperwork filed. So he probably has a lot of clout with the uh, with the regular guys that like he probably helps them out with certain administrative tasks. So he's like, you know, he, yeah, he, he's low on the rung with them. But he hears them out. So I think when they realize that he's the one who has this theory, they they put a lot of trust in him. I think if it was a regular beat cop, some people would, would be like, yeah, probably. But I think they're like, yeah, Al, we know Al's good. Like he's he's a, it was a straight shooter at the office. Yeah, yeah, we, we we do find out there's you know a little bit more about his his background. There's a reason that he's on. You know, he's a desk sergeant. He's he's not. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's not out there cracking. Yeah, skulls yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead. I, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll we'll yeah. cover that, or someone will cover that when they get to it. But uh, yeah. So then we flash away from from two guys that we like to one guy we do not. No, no. Ellis, and like seriously, <sighs> like I understand, like all right, this is a stressful situation, whatever. But you know, just can you put the coke away? Just for a, for an hour, can you go through one evening, just whatever, just relax, just chill a bit. I mean, I bet you, I bet you, she did tell him that, but like they're like on hour like five, and he is past withdrawal. Like he's probably thinking at this point in 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 reality, he brought enough, he brought enough Christmas coke to last him the holiday. Like he thought, I'm gonna be partying. I'm going to get with Holly and then I'm going to go to this person's house and then we're going to do more, you know, more shots of Coke in the bathroom. So in his mind, he probably thought like, I'm going to be on this bender and I'm going to have it in my coat jacket, so much Coke to go. And then it's like, no terrorists, you have to sit here and not make any noise or aggravate them. And he probably could have done it. You know, he probably did it for a few hours, but yeah, he just, he says yeah. what's in here. I wonder if he's just getting edgy just because there's also, there's got to be a lot of boredom. There's got to be that line where terror and the adrenaline just kind of soaks away. You you can't, you know, there's a limit. You just can't be on edge nonstop for hours on end. Nothing's really happening. I mean, they heard, we heard the screams that, that you know, they, they heard the blast from the C4. But, oh, man, that's got to be so creepy. Because you're right, the terrorists are yeah, not haven't told telling anything. Them. But I updated the hostages, like, just letting you know this is what's going on. And it's like, no, it's like. They heard explosions. They heard cops screaming, and then, they, and then the entire right. building shakes. And they don't know about C four. They don't know about rocket launchers. Uh, they just heard like cop sirens. Things you know. There's just explosions everywhere. For all they know, it looks like Armageddon outside. Um, it's hard. It's hard. Like now, you're like, I can't keep cool. There's straps. Something. Bad yeah, and then what? Outside. So like the whole building shakes. There's they probably heard the two smaller explosions from the rocket launcher. And then the whole building shakes and then quiet. And then it's like, you know, everyone's on edge. Everyone's twitchy kind of looking. All right. You know, what's going to happen next? And then nothing from from their perspective. Then it's then it's calm. It's quiet. And and maybe Ellis just is like, you know, just to kind of fight the boredom, fight the edginess to, you know, he's, you know, the habit is when you're uncomfortable, when you're edgy, just you reach for the coke. Yeah, and look at every, and you have half the people well, sitting yeah, on rocks. That too. They just like get off. Oh my chairs. gosh! Look, look. Uh, 
Yeah, no, look right there as, as her secretary. She's cradling her secretary in her lap, like Mother yeah. Pianta thing. And it's like, do they never bring the chair out, the couch? Like, that's, come on, Hans. Like, Holly asked you for a couch. And they're like, yeah, we're going to the couch. It's just like, okay, well, she's like lying her back on right. that. Half of the, yeah, they're right on the rocks from this fountain. Oh, the rest man. of them are, are sitting on the floor. <sighs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> so so I, I went to listen to the commentary about this and um they talked about they had to get a bunch of like sculptures and, and plaster to make all these rocks and then have the water mm-hmm. they wanted the water to flow over it and make it shine like it was rock, but also they had to make they had to dampen the noise of the water because then you wouldn't be able to hear anybody because it would just be <laughs> right, right. the whole time. So they said a lot of lot of lot of set work to mute the audio of the water, but make the rocks glisten like they are getting constantly waterfalled on. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of effort. So yes, frequency talk. Oh my god! Well, he does million dollar deals over breakfast. <laughs> like so, what does that have to do with this? I don't. I want to trust him with my <laughs> lunch money. I wouldn't trust his sleeves with my lunch money. He would. He would go down the racetracks. Spend half on a horse race and then spend the other half on drugs. It's like, oh man! And all right, so 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 he wants to go that. We cut to Hans and Carl, and okay, both have great points. <laughs> but you know, Hans tells Carl. Hans tells Tom. He says, "If you listen to my plan, we would have had him neutralized." And he's right to a point. You know, Carl turns off the radio and stuff. Um, you know, they could have they could have locked him out yeah. of the upper floors and stuff. Um, but, I mean, John is resourceful. John was able to get out of there. Um, so Carl does have a good point. I want him dead. I don't want him just hanging around this building locked out. I want to make sure he is dead. So, you know, they both have good points. But, yeah, Carl did go off a little reservation after his brother died. He, you know, he didn't listen to Hans's plans about trying to organize his upper floors. So and then we have our, our best buddy. And he's like, oh, coming. he's so close to just getting it right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like trip i love this like little triple pan shot where it's like all right so let's do it again so we have hans to carl swing over to ellis back to carl uh yeah and then, and then back uh, to hans who kind of like the little nod but also oh, but then yeah. we like go a little bit down to the gun it's perfect it's like camera it's like this little this beautiful pan of like yeah hans to carl to ellis to carl to hans the gun <laughs> like you want me to just do them right here yeah, I'm I'll angry kill him. You want to kill I'm ready I'll kill to kill <laughs> and then the little nod the eye look like <laughs> let's let's just see how far this is going to go well can I say that this, yeah anyway I said it let's we'll, let's just see what this what this person has to say before we kill him yeah Jim Jim O'Kane's eating a can of beans right now going oh, they said the word uh, we could say a lot censor that um <laughs> could uh and so we don't really we don't we don't we don't get a lot of it but i wanted to say that he comes in with his hands out like up like in this like you know it's it, it's part like hey baby but this it's like surrender mode and i don't know why i laughed when i freeze frame it he's got his hands out like hey i'm just coming in to talk and and you cut to the electric uh santa claus <laughs> on the, the same left position. side here, <laughs> and its hands are holding the candle you have to the same the hands are out in the same position uh, holding the candle yeah. and they just got Ellis going to like hey, hey, boom, 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 hey talk yeah. yeah and you know that's he and that's not just 
just because Ellis is so slimy, you know, he read a book or I mean, this guy never read a book. He read a pamphlet or overheard it on the, the, the train or something. Somebody at one point told him like body language and psychology, like, Oh, if you open your arms up, it's a, you know, you put people at ease. It's faux submission so that you can then surprise people with your dominance kind of thing. Like, you know, it's all practice. It's all part of his little schmoozy act. And ugh, it's like, ugh. I, I, yeah, I assume like Ellis goes to like the similar dinners and lunches Uh that Patrick Bateman does in American Psycho, where everyone's just talking about like, oh, this is how I handled this account. I came in, hands out. I throw the business card down. I say, I mean business, and I got the deal. And like, I, and Ellis is like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. That's, <laughs> so that's Ellis. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit. Um, so we end out uh, the last of our of our week here is on the wonderful Hans Gruber as played by Alan Rickman. And there's, there's a couple of – there's some things going on, some connections happening that I'm surprised no one's brought it up on a previous minute. Unless I missed it, I'm pretty sure – uh, no one's mentioned that this is not the first Hans Gruber in film history. That in uh, so there's the 1966 James Coburn Coburn film Our Man Flint, uh, which was kind of a it, it was kind of like a, a a James Bond ripoff. Like after the the James Bond movie started coming out in the in the mid and late sixties, there were a bunch of like action spy movies, and and in the seventies eighties, there's been many more spy thrillers. But there were specifically a group of people trying to jump on the 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 James Bond bandwagon, and our man Flint was one of those. And the bad guy in that film was Hans Gruber. Played by Michael St. Clair. Wow. Um, yeah, and I, and I don't, I don't, I don't know the connection. As as, as you mentioned earlier this week, the um, the bad guy in the book that this is based on is is Gruber, um, but not Hans Gruber. Is it was it was it Tony Gruber or Anton? Yeah, I think it was the Anton, Anton nickname. So for the Anton movie, it's, it's Hans Tony Gruber. Gruber like um, so there's another Hans Gruber in Our Man Flint. Uh, 1966, played by Michael St. Clair, who was in Thoroughly Modern Millie with Julia Andrews, who was in Enchanted from 2007 with Timothy Timothy Spall, who was in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince with Alan Rickman, who plays Hans Gruber here Uh in Die Hard. So Mm -hmm. uh, hashtag all stuff is associated. You can see the... It's all associated between uh, it's Hans, all it's only what, what three three degrees of uh, separation between Hans Gruber, nineteen sixty six, and Hans Gruber, nineteen eighty eight. So there you go. There you go. I'm surprised. Yeah, I don't think anyone's mentioned the the R Man Flint connection before. So yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it either. No, but, I've never know. seen that movie. That's but interesting know- <laughs> to hear. Yeah. No, I, I never thought about that. Just Google it. Yeah, Googling the name and just seeing that that took me anywhere. Uh, no, it, that does happen. Like, I'm watch, I was watching a movie earlier, just earlier this uh, today, um, the new Liam Neeson movie, Commuter. And he had, a, he, had a, he had a buddy who was a cop, and his name was Alex Murphy. And as soon as I hear Alex Murphy, I'm like, oh, cool, RoboCop. And, you know, it's whatever. The, it's the same actor who played Night Owl in the oh, Watchmen yeah, movie. his name. And he's in the Conjuring movies. That guy. I can't remember his name right now. But, um... You know, it's kind of this thing they kept saying, like, I gotta talk to Alex Murphy. I need help. 
And I'm just like, it's so funny. Like, it's like, I know they definitely said, are we just doing this RoboCop joke? There's no, there's, there's no reference to RoboCop. I like me and my buddy turned to each other. I'm like, is there, did you catch any? He's like, no, I'm like, I don't, it's so weird. Like a whole movie, just, you know, Alex Murphy, you gotta, you gotta listen to me. It's just, it's so weird. It's just like, like, like a character is, you know, my mind, a cop named Alex Murphy. Uh, you know, like you don't do that. You should, you're not, you shouldn't be allowed to do that anymore. It's like that name has been used up in the best way. Yeah. That's, that's kind of odd. I think they, I think you'd avoid that just for the reason you said, like, then the, 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 like the, the audience spends the rest of the movie, not watching your movie, but, but they're thinking about RoboCop and they're trying to like, okay, what's the connection here? What's is this guy trying to make a larger statement? Where does it tie in? Is there a joke? And then I can't, it's, I mean, it's, you know, he's a buddy of Liam Neeson. It's yeah. Liam Neeson's movie. So like, you know, it's mostly him. So, so, and you forget about it. And so every time he like tries to call him, tries to get a hold of him uh, in the film, you're reminded of it again. It's just like, why does not name it like Robert <laughs> yeah. Murphy or, you know, Al- you know, Alex Donlin or something, some miscellaneous name. Why like pick that name out of a, of a police officer who is in a very famous police sci-fi movie yeah because even you know even if it's i don't know if that's based on a book or a comic book or whatever even if you can you can change names between source material and final material there's there's certainly been examples of that and certainly where you know names gather you know a name that maybe didn't mean anything 30 or 40 years ago names carry associations if there's a famous person or event or something that that changes the way someone's going to perceive a name, and Alex Murphy is one of those names. It's like, yeah, RoboCop, huh? whatever. Yeah, the movie. By the way, the movie was good. Um, I definitely liked it in the way of Liam Neeson action movies. I said actually, like the the writing was very well done. So by the time you hear this, if you wanted to see like, oh, it's a it's a January Liam Neeson movie. If you liked, if you liked the like the gray, and um, I'm trying to think of some other Liam Neeson ones. Like Unknown was pretty. I think this is this was this was this was definitely better than nonstop. If you if you like sat through nonstop, this is definitely better <laughs> that's, than nonstop. Um, Don't worry about that's that. That's certainly faint praise. Oh, source code. If you <laughs> like source code, yeah. Yeah. If you liked source code, which is another train drama like movie, then you'll definitely like the commuter. So there you go. Okay, now what if you didn't like source code? Oh, then you're a hack. Really? That was a fun okay. that was a fun movie. Right. That was a fun movie. Jake Joan Hall. And trying to trying to stop a bomb on a train, you know. I'm not saying that it's like exactly the same as Commuter. Commuter mm-hmm. and this one have two different types of plot. Just they share they share an actress. Um, I think it's Vera Vera Farmigia, Farmigia. I can't remember oh, her name. Okay. She's in both movies, so that's why I kept thinking, oh look, I just starts cutting this. She just she likes working on train movies, train action movies. I like that. <laughs> all right, it's all associated. Uh, we're all it's all yeah, it's all connected. It's all associated. All right. <laughs> We got, we got, we got our minutes, man. We got to get out of here. These cops at the door. I just stole a gun. (laughs) (laughs) They're closing in. I'm grabbing a a, a ream of paper for my printer at home, and and I'm getting out of here. (laughs) You got anything else for this minute, Dave? No, man. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Let's 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 blow this joint. But first, uh, so if folks have enjoyed hanging out you with you this week, uh, where can they hear more from you, Dave? You can find me over at Five Minutes of Mystery. I talk uh, Ben Stiller. We're talking Hank Azaria. We're talking. We're talking uh, All Stars. Oh yeah, we're talking. Yeah, I'm talking Smash Mouth, baby. Yeah. Not, not that. Not that Shrek All Star Smash. It's it is it is All Star Smash Mouth, baby. It's all about mystery men. 
all about the mystery. Yeah, and you can oh. you can find me at uh, at SpinalTapMinute.com, 5MinutesOfMime.com, GroundhogMinute.com. We're doing the podcast. And then these folks doing this Die Hard thing, you can find them at DieHardMinute.com. And they also do the Twitters at the Die Hard Minute, uh, the Die Hard with the podcast, Listener's Limo Facebook group, and all the Movies by Minute stuff is at MoviesByMinutes.com. We want to send a shout out to Pete and Alex of Star Wars Minute, kind of our our podfathers of the Movies by Minutes movement, Great. and to Mr. Jim O'Kane, who organized this whole wing ding, who's who's getting the, the diehard thing done Great job. Yeah. one way or the other. He's he's our Carl. Jim O'Kane is the the Carl of the, the podcast world. So thanks a lot, James. <laughs> when, just make sure you mean, you mean Carl Winslow, a.k.a. Okay, Al Powell, not crazy psychopathic terrorist Carl, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it can go either way. It can go Jim, either way. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave that open for, uh, for the audience to decide. So we'll, on, on that cliffhanger... Until next time, good night. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.